yo, yo. Yo, yo, we're back. Vegan radio. The intervals between our disappearing are getting shorter. Shorter and shorter it's each a, time. It's a sign that the singularity is coming, the vegan radio singularity. When Someday all will become one. We'll have a real schedule. Yeah. And it'll be pre-planned. Pre-planned. We're going to be regular. But now we have a special interview treat from back in Way time. Way back in... July, when the weather... 2013. <laughs> <laughs> it's still 2013. But when the weather was warm and oh, we were outside. Oh, those beautiful oh, days. yes. The sunshine. Outside in a dress. You were in your summer dress. Mm. I was in my Speedos. Oh, life was magical. On the beach. Oh, wait, that was a different time. That was a different time. <laughs> this is from July Jamboree, our favorite woods... My favorite Woodstock event of the year. Now, did we already release some interviews from that? event right from this past year i don't that believe so that, that was last year <laughs> okay derek went way back in time on Man, that one i'm, I'm living in living i'm in so 2012. in the present that i i don't i don't remember the differentiation of the past events but we, um, that's just an excuse for getting old <clears throat> yes it's also called alzheimer's <laughs> <laughs> mad so, vegan disease we have today a special literary night of authors. <laughs> That's because it's nighttime now, not when we interviewed them. <laughs> Dang it. I gave away the radio magic. Yes, so we're having a literary show. Yes. With the, Sh- the Shannons. The Shannons, Dan, Dan and, and Annie. Annie. They wrote Betty Goes Vegan. A vegan cookbook. Just in time for Thanksgiving. Just in time. And I think number two will be out any day. Oh, really? Anytime. So we're just going to be like... We're like precursor. Priming the pump. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking about priming the pump, we got Gretchen Primack afterwards, oh, too. Yeah. Gretchen Primack priming the kind pump. <laughs> the kind pump. Pump of kindness. So you're definitely going to want to stick around for that one. Um, yes, she's a book of poetry, vegan poetry. But don't let that, uh, don't let that scare you off, listeners. <laughs> if you're scared of poetry and all <laughs> it's not like a poetry slam you're not going to get hurt <laughs> I think right. she reads some of it though That's I good. believe so yeah, it's, it's, So there's some special moments coming up so we'll get this uh, shindig started off with the Shannons they're going to chat with you about uh, being Brooklyn and vegan excellent he's drinking our listeners <laughs> alright Vegan Radio here at the Woodstock Farm Animal Sanctuary, July Jamboree. Woo! We got DG and Low V. <laughs> and we have the authors of Betty Goes Vegan. Could you the tell Shannon. us your names? Hey. hey. Hi. Hi. Could you tell us your names and where you're from? Sure. I'm Dan Shannon. We're from, this is Annie Shannon, and we're from Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn? Oh, they're from our backyard. Yeah. Who knew? I did. <laughs> You did? <laughs> I've been in the dark. I feel so, like we look like Brooklyn. I feel like people look at us and be like, that's Brooklyn. <laughs> it's either Brooklyn or maybe Seattle. Seattle, <laughs> yeah. She lived in Seattle for like 10 years. So. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Residuals. So you have this book. How's it doing? It's a, it's a pretty epic book. 
Yeah, it's doing great. We um, were the authors of Betty Goes Vegan. It's a vegan cookbook where we took uh, all the recipes in the original Betty Crocker uh, Big Red cookbook and we made vegan versions of them all. Um, so far, it's doing great. People have been really excited about it. Um, we've been to a lot of events like these, cooked a lot of recipes, and uh, we're having a lot of fun with it. And about how long does it take to veganize that whole book? Um, well, the project altogether took about three years. It was like two years of cooking all the recipes in the Betty Crocker cookbook, and then there was like a whole other year of like testing them, retesting them, and like sending them to other people to test them, and you know, turning it into a book. Also, the book has a lot of sections about sort of like women's history and like the role Betty Crocker played in like you know actually like helping women's liberation. Um, and that that took a lot of research, <laughs> a lot of research. Oh wow! And now you guys are like. Taking that same theme and putting it towards animal liberation and animal rights, and so you still kind of follow that same theme. It's yeah, cool. yeah, basically. I mean, one of the things that Betty, the Betty Crocker brand did was sort of show people how to use, um, you know, recipes that were becoming available in grocery stores, like on a mainstream market, and how to incorporate them into recipes, right? And how to make sort of exciting things with things like Bisquick or like you know pre-baked pie crusts or whatever. Um, and so what we wanted to do with our book is show people how to use some of the vegan products that are coming on the market right now, right? Some of the meat replacements, some of, like, the soy milks and that kind of thing, um, and incorporate them into recipes that they might, have, might be familiar with from growing up eating them. Yeah, both Dan and I, we've, uh, we've worked in, like, animal advocacy for, like, got like 20 years probably and um, we kept hearing the same thing over and over again from people and like why they stopped being vegan or why they didn't want to go vegan it was things like it was getting inconvenient the food was weird they didn't know how to make you know mock meat in a way that they'd want to eat it and so we decided we were going to create this project and kind of knock all those excuses out you know like this is food they know they've had since they were kids we were going to show them how to do it using things they could find in grocery stores to make it as convenient as possible and yeah like no more excuses (laughs) <laughs> well, that's really cool. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about what you did here today at Woodstock, uh, July Jamboree, and you know the demonstrations you're doing out and around? Um, well, today we made the black pepper tofu macaroni salad. Um, basically, we took Betty Crocker's ham and cheese macaroni salad, and we, we used uh, baked black pepper tofu to replace the ham. Um, there's a lot of other products out there, though, that we usually use to replace ham. Like A lot of times we use like smoked tofurkey, because... The key to replacing ham is the smoky flavor. So, um, but this time we decided to go with tofu, mostly because that recipe it makes a whole lot, mm-hmm. and like it's a it's a really good like potluck recipe, and tofu's cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So that, that's kind of what we made. And then we also made um, our ranch dressing dip, which uh, is probably like one of the most popular recipes we have on the blog. Um, the thing was is that both Dan and I we uh, were not from you know I went to high school in the Midwest, but like we didn't really. We're not really part of the cults of ranch. You know, there's a lot of people who, like, worship ranch dressing. They, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they put it on pizza. They put it, I mean, they put it on everything. Oh, yeah. I'll dip anything in ranch dressing. <laughs> and, and then sometimes I go to a place in New York City, Terry, and I get, like, the vat of yeah. ranch dressing <laughs> that they have. I'm like, can I just buy a quart of ranch dressing, please? <laughs> just drink it. Yeah. You know. Well, you can use this recipe. Make your own. <laughs> I have to get the book. Yes. <laughs> so did you... Is there is there a Betty Crocker cookbook and you did every single recipe or does she have a series of cookbooks and you took a few out of all of them or how does that work? Uh, well, we use the I believe it was the 2006 Betty Crocker. Um, it's called the Big Red. It's like the, the classic Betty Crocker cookbook um, that we use the 2006 edition um, mostly because it it kind of had like a wide variety of recipes in it. You know, it had like pad thai and like you know ham and cheese casseroles and things like that. There were some recipes in there, though, that are kind of left over from, like, the 50s, that sort of, like, jello mold era. 
Um, like there's one recipe that was like a lime jello mold that had tuna fish in it or something. Like we we didn't. Oh that's not in the book. <laughs> no, no, the world doesn't need to be. No, yeah, yeah. yeah, we didn't You're do welcome. that. I wonder if anybody ever made that. That's yeah. Well, and like there was also like a liver and onions, and like we can make vegan liver and onions, but who's gonna eat that? You know. So we took those recipes out. And we replaced them with like uh, some recipes and like make your own like gnocchi from scratch. Um, and a lot of like Italian recipes because like my mother's Sicilian, so I've been veganizing Italian recipes since I was a child. So, yeah, we kind of took those out and replaced them with things you'd want to eat, hopefully. So what's next, Julia Child? Um, next, uh, Betty Betty goes vegan is going on a budget. So we're oh cool yeah we're Betty working on a budget. Yep. Betty goes broke. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> Poor Betty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we are, we're going to help people because a lot of times the other thing we hear is that going vegan is expensive, which is kind of ridiculous because any, like, anytime you go to anything that says, like, how to save money on your grocery bill, like, one of the first suggestions is, is to cut meat out of your diet. Yeah. So this is a silly, this is a silly excuse for not going vegan. So but realistically, like, if you, if not, if you eat nothing but sort of, like, packaged mock meats and mock cheeses, then yeah, it's going to be a little more expensive. So this book is about showing people how to make vegan recipes without necessarily, like, buying all the expensive items all the time, you know, yeah. so it, it uh, you know, it shows that everybody can afford to be vegan. We also, too, have a, a large portion of the book that's about sort of like going at your kitchen in a new way, where um, we really want to help people have less waste coming from their kitchen, because a lot of times, like, you don't eat your leftovers, they're boring, so we, we want to help people, like, reinvent leftovers, and we set up the book, too, in a way so that, um, well, basically, like, you know, whatever whatever ingredients you have left over from one recipe, you can use to like do another recipe. Hmm. So we just we really want to because part of being vegan is also caring about the environment and like wasting food is well that's shame. So. It's not cool. Yeah. Uh, what else we got, Lovi? Uh, do you guys have any favorite New York City spots since you're Brooklynites? So we'll give you our insider tip in yeah. New York City, right? Yeah. So um, everybody's heard of, or people in New York have heard of Angelica's Kitchen, right? right. Which is a great place. Um, but right next door to Angelica's Kitchen, there's this old school Italian joint John's. called John's yeah, at 12th I live, Street. I live on this. Oh, side. awesome. So you know. Yeah. So you know. But everybody doesn't know. Um, what's cool about John's, which you probably know, is that um, you know it's this old school Italian place, but the manager had seen all these people like lined up to go to Angelica's and said, there's all these vegans. I should add some vegan stuff to my menu. So he has this whole uh, extended vegan version of his traditional Italian menu. Absolutely. They have vegan, um, you know, cannolis, vegan fettuccine alfredo, oh, vegan yeah. chicken parm. I get that um, delivery. It's our choice. favorite place to go. Um, it's pretty the funny. Sort of traditional <laughs> vegan path. Yeah. It is. It is funny because the, they have the awning that comes out over their doorway yeah. and it says like vegan, vegan. all over it. Like yeah. you, you can tell they're totally trying to yeah. suck. Suck customers out of it, Angelica. It no, it's even not to be, and yeah. it's not to be a conspiracy theorist, but from the side where uh, front that Angelica's is on, it says vegan on the awning, and then from the other side, it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't care. On the other I side, it says exactly. <laughs> just give me the fettuccine yeah, Alfredo, exactly. and I'm okay. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. All right. Cool. Well, thank you so much, uh, and I hope everything is successful. Tell us what your websites and any social media you want to promote oh yeah um you can find our recipes at meettheshannons.com um yeah we have a lot of recipes on there on right now they're um you know that aren't in the book but you can also find our book betty goes vegan on amazon barnes and noble anywhere congratulations excellent awesome thanks so much thank you yeah thanks so much
Johnny's Betty. So they ran into the kitchen, but the recipe's a bitch, and then now the vegan Betty is ready. Dan and Annie Shannon, they had a little plenty that they wanted to a veganized Betty. So they ran into the kitchen, but the recipe's a bitch, and then now the vegan Betty is ready. There you go, listeners. You've met the Shannons. We've met the Shannons. Oh, we met the Shannons. You can you, meet the Shannons. You can meet the Shannons on the internet. Meettheshannons.com. Meettheshannons.com. They'll tell you all about their lives. Yeah, they blog. They write really long blog pieces. And They're much better at blogging than us. They've been on the Today Show. They're much more advanced. But we're going to be on the Tomorrow Show. Yeah, because we're the we're future. we're moving towards the vegan singularity. Yes. Where vegan radio becomes one. <laughs> Derek's in a very singular mood today. I'm I'm into like astrophysics. <laughs> He's gonna astro project later. Expansion? No, that's not. That's a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. So, well, then we're gonna move on to the next. We sure are. We sure are. Author. We've got a kind person. She's very kind. She's one of a kind. One of a kind. And she wrote a book of poetry called Kind. It's not Alicia Silverstone's Kind Diet. Oh, that's right. Everyone's trying to get on the kind wagon. This is the Gretchen Primack kind. Primack. Kind for your ears diet. <laughs> and she's, uh, so her, she's interesting. She's, uh, so ethically ethical that she doesn't have her book listed on Amazon.com. <laughs> you have to go to her own website to get it. And uh, you know, you know that Amazon is uh, selling foie gras online, so there's a lot of vegans that are uh, against Amazon. Did you know that, Lovie? I did not know that. Yeah. I mean, I thought that Amazon was evil for probably the millions of other reasons. Yeah, that Amazon got a lot is of, evil. They got a lot of crap going down. But yeah, I can imagine that that's one of them. They're kind of like the Walmart of the internet, maybe. Right. Yeah. Except, yeah, they're terrible. <laughs> Dislike. Dislike. If this were Facebook, I would not like it. Unlike. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, Hashtag assholes. (laughs) (laughs) See, we know how to tweet. Yeah, we're getting we're getting up on the social media. You better just watch out. We've we've got like two thousand fans on our Facebook page now. Thank you, two thousand fans, for putting out one podcast every six months. That's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) We even got to meet one of our most special fans. Little shout out, yeah, Kara. Thank Kara, you. Kara, she was so sweet. Yeah, came all the way from DC just to see us. Just for us, <laughs> no other reason. Hopefully, she listens to this episode. She will. I'm she gonna put said on she her listens wall. to them all. <laughs> I'm gonna Facebook tag. We're gonna have to quiz her. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. So let's move on. Let's bring you Gretchen Primack. This is also from the Woodstock July Jamboree from 2013, which is the year yes. we're currently still in. So we're not that far behind. Well, we shouldn't say that until until the podcast is released. Cause... Hey, have a little faith. <laughs> Our editing skills are getting yeah. very, very good. It's going to be out just in time for Thanksgiving. I can feel it. I can feel it. Thanks, living, everybody. And thanks for listening. All right, Vegan Radio. We're here at the Woodstock Farm Animal Sanctuary, July Jamboree, July 2013, with Gretchen Primack. And she's got a new book out called Kind and... She is also the co-author or the ghostwriter of Jenny Brown's book, which is called The Lucky Ones. Jenny Brown, the co-founder of Woodstock Farm Animal Sanctuary, along with her husband, Doug Abel, who doesn't have a book yet. Are you going to help Doug write a book? 
I would love to help Doug write a book. That would be fun. Doug is one of the funnier people walking our planet. <laughs> would we call it Inside Jenny Brown? Oh, <laughs> damn. I would leave that choice up to Doug. I feel that um, any discussion of the inside of Jenny Brown should, uh, should, should come initially from Doug. Okay. Well, well, we'll talk about that later. Tell us about your new book. So Kind is a book of poems that uh, deal with our connection, our dynamic with the other animals on the planet. So there's a poem about a circus elephant in here. There's a poem about a sable in here. I hope that everyone listening can hear the crowing of a blissed out rooster. I know. Do you have any rooster poems? (laughs) I do indeed. I have a rooster poem. It's about a rooster named Abraham. Maybe you could read that for us while the rooster's doodle cock in the background. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to. This is a poem called Coxcomb, and it's got a a little quote called an epigraph in the literary world um, at the beginning from a poet named Greg Kuzma. And uh, he said in one of his poems, and this serves as the epigraph for Coxcomb, here was where the bully could not reach. Abraham was a rooster. He'd been made to fight. He was not a fighter. He ended up in a basement with a, no one touch the killer. We brought him to the sanctuary. He loved peanut butter and jelly. He loved laps and Linda's pillow. He was not a fighter. He wanted to be held by toddlers, Phi Beta Kappas, grievers and socialists and pop stars. He wanted you to gentle his comb between your forefinger and thumb. It was a smooth, warm piece of a smooth, warm Abe, and it blushed bliss. It was tender, like someone who had been as unloved as a chicken, and then as loved as a chicken could be. He grew old and full of love and died, rubbing his head back and forth, back and forth against Linda's arm. We planted coxcomb, a growing glow. Wow, I got shivers. Who's uh, Linda? Well, Linda is sort of a a made-up character who runs a sanctuary. Abraham is based on a chicken that I did know. Okay. And Linda's not Jenny Brown? (laughs) No, Linda's actually not Jenny Brown. (laughs) Because it would have been a little weirder if it was. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's really cool. So, Gretchen, all these poems were written by you. Yeah. Uh, my question is, have they? were you writing them each specifically with the intention of putting out a book of poems? Are you just a poet by nature and sort of realize what you were doing after the fact? Are they from, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago? Where did they come from? Yeah. Where did they come and from? And why now? <laughs> they came out of eggs that I found in the ground. And crack them. There were poems in there. Um, I am a, a poet. I've got a master's in creative writing, concentration, Whoa. poetry, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I have a book out, and I have another one, uh, yeah, before kind. And then I have another one that'll be out next spring. Um, but kind was a little different because pretty quickly after I started writing poems about animals, I realized that it was going to be a collection. Sometimes when I'm writing a poem, I'm not sure what it's 
setting is going to be. Am I going to publish it in a literary journal and leave it at that? Am I going to publish it in a literary journal and then have it be part of a collection? You know, I, I let it take its own form organically. In this case, it, really, I'd written maybe two poems and I thought, I think I need to write a book about this. And people get messages across in all sorts of ways and they make change in all sorts of ways. And what I wasn't seeing out there was a book of poems on this subject. And there are people who are moved by this genre and it makes them think in a different way. And so being able to um, communicate this uh, specific message or issue through this specific medium felt like it was filling a void. It also felt right to me, this is the way that I expressed creatively in general. I mean, it was a great fun to help Jenny with the lucky ones and to, to um, ghost write that or co-write that. Uh, but that's not the way that I uh, generally default for expression, you know, full-length prose. So this kind of came more naturally and felt more like, I mean, obviously this is your alone. This is project. more you. Yeah, this yeah. is you coming out. So with the, the book with Jenny Brown, um, since you are listed on the book, so you're not actually, is that, are you still considered a ghostwriter or you're a co-writer? What is that? How does that work? Yeah, technically I would be considered a, a co-writer because my name's on the book. Exactly. Okay. Well, that's cool. That's even better, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Jenny Brown, what was it like working with Jenny Brown? <laughs> yeah. Tell us how, how the collaboration came about and how it manifested. Jenny was approached by a number of literary agents when an article came out in the New York Times about her and Albie the goat. And she got uh, excited about the idea of doing a book and chose a literary agent who ended up being very wonderful. But when it came to actually sitting down to write, that's where there was a problem because Jenny's not a writer and she's incredibly busy. So it made sense to bring somebody on who is a writer and could take on the actual bare bones of that and uh linda took linda is the agent she took a real chance on me because uh it was jenny's choice but at the same time uh, i hadn't written full-length prose before so linda could have said you know what we we can't we can't do that this is serious stuff we're going to probably end up with a major publisher which we did and uh we we can't take a chance on a poet here (laughs) but to her to her, uh, to her credit, she was willing to give me a shot, and it ended up working out very well. I know it's a beautiful read. I had a, I enjoyed reading it very much. Thank so you so much. It's your, you're just a natural with words, obviously. Oh. And you know, I know Jenny well, so I could. It was easier than if I were to work with a stranger and try to. It was easier for me to get um, Jenny's voice. And when I wouldn't get her voice right, she would say, "Oh, you know, that's something I wouldn't say," and we would get it out. And she would put something in that matched her voice well, or I would try to match it a little bit better. And um, that was really kind of fun to do that kind of that kind of work to make sure that it was her voice. So you've been inside Jenny Brown. You're right. In a way, I have been inside Jenny Brown. <laughs> so now that you know that you have the ability to work within that medium, have you thought about exploring it more, like writing full length and non poem form have you thought about doing it again doing it for yourself or writing the Doug book right writing the Doug Abel yeah (laughs) yeah I'm not sure I mean I would be open to 
working uh, on something like that, one of the joys of this is that it's a cause that I feel so strongly about. So the the strange aspects and the very difficult aspects of writing a book and strange in this case writing the book in the voice of someone else you know working on someone else's uh memoir all of that was really uh okay because i wanted this book to make change and i wanted this book to be out in the world so much it's it was just somebody saying, hey, will you help me write my memoir about being the greatest roller skater around? I would say, you know, I totally respect the fact that you roller skate, and I think that's awesome, but I don't know if I want to spend two years, you know, getting inside the head of of a roller skater and, like, devoting myself Unless to they're it. a vegan roller skater. If they're talking about roller skating on a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Onto the vegan platform yeah. <laughs> on a, you know. In, in skating a, yeah. across the country yeah. for farm animals. <laughs> <laughs> I have creating a question. an all-human circus So Lovi no and I have, are part of our vegan radio evolution, we've started writing a song about each of our people that we interview. Okay. And we put it, it's just kind of a spontaneous thing that we put into the show, but I was thinking for you, maybe we could take one of your poems and make it into a song. Would that be okay? I, it would be more than okay. Awesome. Yeah. Because Lovi's got a voice like vegan honey. Oh. Oh. He's so I'm, sweet. I... I somehow keep up. <laughs> You're my muse, my inspiration. Oh, I cannot wait to hear it. Now, do you have, um, let's see, so in here we've got a, a circus elephant and a sable and a rooster. We've got a dairy cow. Uh, we've got a pig. Piggy? We do. Okay, so it's going to be a piggy poem song oh, probably. We, we have, I got to tell should... you, the, the pig poem is intense. Okay, okay, maybe not a pig yeah, poem. Yeah, I think maybe we should read the poems and pick one based yeah. on what. What seems the most song like? Okay, fine. <laughs> or we could do. I mean, we I'll could stop do. Being a species, we could make someday. like some electronic music and then play the like the a deep just like of talking. The poem yeah, <laughs> excellent. Abraham, <laughs> <laughs> the pig. Well, this is so. This is good. This will be a new challenge for us. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, I hope. I hope we do fun. your words justice. I know you. I know <laughs> you will. <laughs> Tell us your name and why you're scooting through. <laughs> I'm Sue and I need shirts. So you need shirts. Did you hear that, folks? We got shirtless people all over here. <laughs> you wish you were at the Woodstock <laughs> July Come to July Danbury next year. It's a topless festival. I, th- I think you can go topless in New York State. So Is it just the city or is it the whole state? Whole state. All right. I think maybe next year we should have Sunday. We should have it be two days and Sunday will be like shirtless Sunday. Jenny Brown would go for it. I think she would. She'd yeah. be down. I'm in. The adult only day? <laughs> or maybe Saturday. But we have night. to keep the bouncy castle for adult only yeah, day. Yeah. We'll just, oh, right, right, right. We'll just grease it with coconut oil and have fun. Oh. <laughs> so it's always la- ladies' day for Derek. Oh, what? No, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Gretchen Derek. doesn't have that impression of me at all. Of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so should we wrap this up with any. So you said you have another collection of poems coming out in the spring, right? Yeah, and that's not uh, issue-oriented. That's not about okay. animals. It's kind of more personal and more traditional, you know. But Nothing wrong with that. It's true, but I'll tell you, it's exciting writing a book that feels um, like it's about changing consciousness. 
So do you do you ever do like the poetry slam thing, or you like do you like to go to the open mics, or or do you just is this like a more quiet thing? And now you're going on, I know you're going on tour to promote the book, but do you ever go to events where there's a bunch of poets speaking and and bring that animal consciousness into it? Well, <clears throat> I'm not really in the performance poetry world, but I do give lots of readings, and so I I will put these in the reading. Um, obviously when I'm going, I'm going to be in Chicago and, uh, Lexington, Kentucky and Milwaukee in October. And I'll be reading in LA in November, um, and maybe some other places and certainly around here that are directly tied to this book kind. So the, that I read exclusively, exclusively from here, but basically from here on in, whenever I give a reading, even if it's not around this, maybe it'll be around my next book or just a general thing. I'll always be reading from this book to get that message out there. But, you know, I didn't write it for only vegans. I wrote it. Um, I, I like the feedback that I'm getting from vegans because it's supportive and it's inspirational and it says i know what you're feeling because it's not just a book about animals it's a book about being the kind of person who cares about animals in a culture that is often either um dispassionate or actually yeah yeah indifferent or actively hostile yeah you know (laughs) or just um cool So it's a, you know, so I think the vegans definitely seem to, to like the book, but it's also about helping people who love their dog and have an animal on their plate make a connection and start to think about things in a different way. I mean, I think poems have always tried to do that, be it Audre Lorde's poems or Adrian Rich's poems or, uh, you know, the poems of people who are, who are working against war through their poems or... You know, against injustice in their poems. So this is a a form of that uh, kind of thing. So I'm hoping that people will give it to people who like animals or people who like poetry, poetry, and and just start to start to get it out there into uh, kind of the the mainstream to think about. Thank you. All right, listeners, you heard it. Get the book. Get it out there. Yeah. Is there a website? Yeah, I hate Amazon with a passion. Dot com. Yes, yes. So I I don't put the book there, even though I know that that is um, a lot of people's preferred way to get books and that I would probably be able to get spread it around more easily. But my my ethics um, won't let me support them in any in any way. So if you're not in the Hudson Valley or New York City, um, you can get it at Mooshu's in New York or Jeeva Mukti in New York. Uh, in the Hudson Valley, you can get it at the independent bookstores. But if you're not in those places and you'd like the book, just go to GretchenPrimac.com. And, um, can you spell that? Yeah, sure. It's G-R-E-T-C-H-E-N. That's my first name. And Primac, P-R-I-M-A-C-K. And if you go there, GretchenPrimac.com, um, there's actually a link to Kind to click on and you can order it. Yeah. And we'll put that in our show notes for you all if you need it. In case you're spelling... Hearing challenged. <laughs> um, I think it's really cool that you uh, were saying your your next book is more personal, more like your own stuff. But definitely, kind is a part of you. It's part of your person, and it's who you are. And oh, yeah. you know, just getting to meet you a few times and having this interview, definitely know that that's also personal for you. And I don't think you can create kind. art without it being personal. 
You uh, you can. You can? <laughs> Well, there's actually, there's there's love poems in here, and you know, and 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 that kind of thing. So about animals, uh, about my about my life partner, my beloved. In the kind book, there is, yeah, or the new book. In in kind. Oh yeah. I, I thought I thought it was like one of those things where, I, now that um, gay marriage is becoming popular, you were going to marry an animal or something. And right. Well, it's a slippery slope. I mean, I, I clearly would totally do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm in. I've, been, I've there's a few animals I've been thinking of. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so I'm hoping that'll happen fast. My cat's a female. That's like two. That's I'm D- double whammying. Double, you know, double. I'm trying to marry her all the time. Mm-hmm. She's not into it. Mm. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> Lovie wants you to can't marry like five animals. Can't force that. I'm a polygamist, <laughs> and also want to marry my animals. Polygamist and also interspecist. I want them to be same gender as me. It's it's just a mess. Yeah, yeah she's. You've, you've got some stuff to work out. She's you tangled. About she, needs, she needs to write some poems. Yeah, I'm working on it. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. Um, it's been a pleasure, and I'm looking forward to reading some more of the poems in there because I haven't read it yet, so um, I've been a bad boy. Very bad boy. But we're going to read the whole thing and figure out which song we're going to create, and then yeah. and it'll probably start right here. in the universe we're sending them out like we're vibrating the whole cosmos with our the singularity vegan awesomeness the singularity of our our vegan osmosis powers (laughs) i don't know how we do it but somebody should pay us for this shit (laughs) (laughs) send donations too (laughs) vegan radio i think there's a donation button on our website actually there is a donation little used vegan radio but you could be the first listeners to make a Holiday season chipper. Well, this and has been a great yeah. story night, story time. Been, yep, and story we got time. we got more books coming up in the future. Yeah, definitely. If there's one thing about vegans, they like to write books. <laughs> we have a lot to say. <laughs> and um, yeah, so so we're on Twitter, vegan radio at vegan radio. Tweet tweet. tweet. 
And where else are we? Facebook. Facebook. Vegan Radio. We got our very own website. I've we heard. got a website that Lovie's going to write blogs on during the Sometimes. holiday seasons. <laughs> it happens. Sometimes I remember. And what else we got? What else? What's We've got magic it? all we got over MySpace. the world. <laughs> I heard MySpace is coming back. It's a lie. But we're going to try to keep that you. from happening. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Vegan Radio 104. Happy. Happy. Day. <laughs> <laughs>